0: Uh, the psychology of basketball is really interesting how you get yourself out of a shooting rut and just you know i think you know just try and get to the free throw line you know keep marquise noel give him the ball and let him drive you know play well defensively make a steal make a play get yourself into the game i think that's how you get out of a shooting rut but i think you know if we could get four guys in double figures i think we pretty much would win every game but we just can see the and we are live we are both in the comfort of our own homes reporting on Zoom here for the Shaken Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove we thought we'd you know cover the two games that happened on Saturday and not have to talk you know six days between them but how are you John not
1: bad not bad it could have been better yesterday oh,
0: could have been better
1: could have been better okay. it could have been better we got we, we got women's basketball celebrating, so it's something. Uh, it wor- it, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. It, something worse. Supporting. Well,
0: I, I I haven't let myself have caffeine today because I have it every other day, and I was like, well, I probably need to give my body a little bit of a break, and then I had to watch K State all Miss. So if I yeah. seem lethargic and you know not very super excited,
1: that's probably why. Oh, I don't. I don't <laughs> blame you. I'm not. I'm not feeling <laughs> the amount of anticipation from the. K-State. Maybe, yeah. When it comes to the men's basketball product right now, but
0: yeah, we can get the bad news out of the way first and then get to the good news. Uh yeah, we'll start with the K-State men. They lost to Ole Miss yesterday, 67-56. The bright spot of the game was Mark Smith, 18 second-half points, 16 rebounds. You know, had two assists as well, a couple of steals. I mean, there was a stretch of the game where he had 11 straight in that like three or four minute sequence, he also took a charge and got a steal. I mean, he was all over the place in this game, Um, you know, but of course, before we start harping on K-State, you got to give credit to Ole Miss, you know, they're missing their leading score. They're still a super talented squad. You know, Deshaun Ruffin, 17.7 rebounds. He had a really solid game, especially in the second half. He was really the reason that kept K-State, you know, when Mark Smith was getting all those buckets, keeping that lead at like eight to 10. But uh, I mean, John, you, you you have thoughts on this game?
1: I mean, Ole Miss was just dominant, especially inside the paint overall. I mean, K-State struggled to get much of anything going offensively outside of Nigel Pack and Mark Smith. Uh, They also failed to get enough stops on defense to keep on pace with uh, Ole Miss offense uh, as the game wore on. It just felt one of the most discouraging efforts uh, of the entire season. But uh, you you mentioned Mark Smith. uh, The senior guard did everything he could possibly help uh could help the Wildcats to avoid defeat uh especially in the second half where he really got going. Um he aggressively drove to a bucket, crashed the boards and made things happen uh while many of his teammates were struggling and at one point he scored 15 straight points for Wildcats he finished with uh, of course 20 points, 16 rebounds which uh it seems like another big career day just kind of wasted based on the poor team uh the team's poor performance performance. Yeah, the, I'm the <laughs> is still getting into me a little bit.
0: And that, and that you're fine. I mean, it's just all, it's just so weird with this team that we just can't seem to find like any sort of consistency. You know, I mean, we have the game with pack where he scores 35, you know, Mark Smith has that 25, 15 and five game. And then he disappears for a few games. Mike McGurl, you know, the last in our last three losses has done absolutely nothing. He really needed to step up in this game as the fifth year senior when you, you know, Selton Miguel is hurt. But he goes one for nine. Marquise Noel's two for 11. He really struggled. I mean, it was, you know, Mark Smith with the 20 in pack um, who kept us in it early, scoring nine of our first 11 points. He had 18. None of them shot it particularly well. I mean, it's just a it's a tale as old as time now, it seems. You know, you lose the rebound battle. We lose the bench points. They more than double us in points in the paint. It's, I don't know how many games we can really win with this lack of consistency. Always, it's. I mean, obviously you're going to lose the rebounding battle when you're shooting 30% from the field. I mean, so many shots are out there to get rebounded. I I mean, if you want to look at it, t- take a few stats from the bright side, I mean, 15 assists on 19 made field goals, that's something. You know, we're moving the ball fairly well. I think we get open looks. It's just I don't really know how we get out of this shooting rut. I think it's just what kind of what guys – um, back into games, you know, like back in non-conference, like our defense. Our defense was just really meh, and it just wasn't good enough to really help drive our offense forward, which is kind of a
1: staple of this Bruce Weber era. I mean, well, let's go back to Nigel Pack and Mark Smith here. They, they actually did more of it, more than the other seven players who saw the floor uh, on a wide margin. Uh, 18, uh, 38 points, 18 rebounds, and nine assists. The rest of the team were responsible for 18 points, 15 rebounds, and six assists. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. While, while Mike McGurl has not been impactful, uh, while some Miguel has been injured, Luke Kazuki uh, really tried to put out his best performance, uh, did his best to help out. The sophomore guard drained a pair of three-pointers, including an important one to first half, which I'm going to touch on a little bit. K-State, he drained a triple off the top of a half, uh I'm so sorry. He drained a triple at the top of a key while being fouled to end the scoreless drought that lasted six minutes and eight seconds. Uh then he made me ensuing three for him a four point play. I mean, that, that's just it it tried to help give K state momentum, but just not enough. But just all around, just a lackluster performance to say
0: especially in a game where, you know, Bruce Weber, I mean, after the, uh, the loss to KU, he, he already knew, like, this is the most important game of the season. We already knew it was going to be tough against Baylor, and it was, shockingly. This was probably one of the – this was our chance to turn around the season, and we just – I mean, you can't – there was a stretch of the game where we were one for 14 at near the end of the first half going into the second. I just, it's just tough to win games like that. I mean, you know, we only had five turnovers, which is something – again, I mean, we don't really shoot ourselves in the foot. We make good passes. I mean, in the first half, Marquise Noel was driving the ball, which you love to see, and his driving kick was really good. We just couldn't make anything. Uh, Ishmael Massoud again, didn't really have a great game either. It's just, it just, we have so much depth on this team, which we had talked about earlier on in the season, which was kind of, you know, kind of a refreshing thing for us to see. But when you know only two or three guys show up every game it's just going to be tough even to get six wins i mean not even just not be last that's pretty much all you can really hope for as a k-state men's
1: basketball fan right now it's not the fact that k-state's right now 10 and 10 overall two and six in conference play right now the excuses are are starting to are, are starting to fade all right this is a full this is almost a fully healthy team and they're, they're doing better than they are the last two years, but but it's not enough to what K-State has historically been all time. Now, there's been a lot of problems. Offensively, K-State has just not been getting the job done, but field goal percentage uh, was below, was I believe, below 30%. I could be wrong about that. But, I mean, the one the one nitpick, every single game we had to go through was rebounding. I mean, K-State could use the most up inside. It's just – is just once again the abysmal performances with Carlton Lingard, Casey Ziegu uh, Davion Bradford, and to a lesser extent Ish Masoud, uh, um who've, who just combined for four points and two rebounds. All of all of that coming against uh, a few big guys from Ole Miss who you can't even consider to be athletic and physical physical compared to other Big Twelve teams. It, it just it just comes to show how wide the separation is in terms of talent, but. Uh, and the amount of weapons as well, but all the other Big Twelve teams have, and K State just is not developing them uh, at the most at, at at this time.
0: Yeah, I mean it's kind of tough. I guess that's another thing we could talk about. Carlton Lengard does get the start. Um, we mentioned on the show Friday, Dave, uh, Davion Bradford has some sort of a hip injury that, you know, it's unsure, you know, he, he'll make it limited time and he'll play, you know, it's a full minutes at some time in the future. Obviously, Sutton McGill out at least seven to ten days with that uh, bad ankle sprain. Um, So, I mean, I thought it was funny, like four minutes into the game, Carlton Lingard shoots a three, misses it short. And I mean, immediately Bruce Weber just throws out Casey I Just, I mean, I, I've, I've seen Lingard attempt a couple of the shots. I don't know if he can... You know, shoot like attempt uh, make them. I should say, at like a pretty high clip. I don't know how he does in practice, but I mean, you mentioned Lukas giving us some pretty solid minutes. Um, you know, a good hustle guy, two of five, making a couple threes, including that four point play, which was really nice. I think being down six instead of being down ten at half is really kind of a huge difference for most teams. But when you shoot again, you shoot thirty percent. It's just we were – this is not a team that can play from from behind. We do not have the – we just don't have that hot streak. We don't have that Clay Thompson type guy who can just turn it on and just pull up from 30 feet. And we just – we haven't seen that from anybody. And the thing that I've been thinking about is kind of like five years from now, how kind of not even this team, but this three-year stretch that we've had of just pure misery in K-State men's basketball is going to be remembered. Because, I mean, it's just – I don't want this. I don't think this is a bad team. I don't think this is a bad team. I think there are some really good players on this team. Nigel Pack, I mean, Bill Selfshed, he's one of the best. He's probably the best shooter in the Big 12. And sometimes it really looks like it. But it's just, we keep, you know, that game against Marquette, obviously we comes back to haunt us. And then all these close games, you know, we can blame COVID, but when you have a 16 point lead against West Virginia, you should be able to close it out. If, you know, you still had good enough guys to do it. And it's just um, it's it's really tough to, you know, and, and the really interesting thing is obviously, you know, there's there's going to be talk about Bruce Weber's job. But, it, you know, Mark Smith said in the press conference, a lot of these guys, you know, I think they really like to play for Coach Weber. And I think they really, you know, they don't want to give up on him. I've kind of been rambling, John, but I don't really know. I'm
1: going with my point. I'm just it's just really sad to see such poor I mean- basketball. Just to put this game into perspective, I mean, you have this could have been the like the whole new start, like a whole new season. All right, because they stayed at a pretty at a pretty easy stretch until yesterday happened with Ole Miss, Oklahoma State and TCU um, on deck. But losing to a 10 and 10 Ole Miss team, this is a bad loss and it wasn't even close. I mean, it was possible to envision them building off a victory on Saturday uh, to remain uh, in contention like for the, of the best for the NCAA tournament uh that's little to none now I mean it, it's slim it, it not it, it, K-State's gonna have to pull up some some ma- magic out of their top hats or something K-State has dropped out of a mix and they, they have to win I don't know seven of our final 10 games against big 12 competition um it's just likely not going to happen. And it's just hard to see the Wildcats finishing anywhere but last in the big 12 standings. And that's just K-State fans are, are this is not going to work for K-State fans throughout for, for the past few years, just abysmal, mediocre basketball performances that we've seen all year. And yes, we had, we lost those four consecutive games uh, with a depleted roster. But Ole Miss was depleted as well. You cannot use that as an excuse every game, especially, well, especially if you're losing to one. I mean, that's just that that's just not gonna work uh, every time uh, in these post-game conferences that Bruce Weber tries to kind of defend, kind of defend their status as a basketball team when the journalists and a lot of people want questions about like what what are the struggles happening. So I don't know. This this one hurts. I mean, K-State's I – mean, even in the Bruce Weber or in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, K-State's 0-5 on the road against the SEC on the road, and I don't know. You, you just have to think – you just have to think what what could have been with some of these close losses. I mean, if, if some of them were – if K-State was able to play just at a crunch time moment, I mean – who knows where this team would be, but this is just where we're at right now. And we're going to have to live with it, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, an MCU fan, there's probably an alternate timeline where, you know, we're like 14 and seven or something, you know, we beat KU, we beat Marquette, we beat, you know, we start off three or four and oh, and we're just like, oh my gosh, like is Marquise Noel actually going to be an MB- a future NBA all-star like he says on Twitter, like I'm, Anyway, but we're sadly not – we're not in that timeline. So, we're just going to have to live with it. But, I mean, we weren't the only ones who struggled against the SEC team in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. It was a struggle for the Big 12 in general. If I did my math correctly, it looks like we lost the Challenge 3-7. to
1: Oh, uh, no, 6-4. So, uh,
0: it was 6-4. Okay, I must have counted six, wrong. Six, but there were some – yeah, some tough losses. Alabama beating uh, Baylor. Obviously, Kentucky, you know, giving a whooping. To uh, KU out
1: of out of all out of all those games, that was probably the one I was a little bit satisfied about. Yeah, yeah, the big old ride or die, except for KU, John Grove. That's right. You <laughs> put that into quotes as well, but KU, yeah. KU just needs to. I'm starting to well, kind of like K State with the likes of Nigel Pack and the transfers. They need they need more uh, weapons. Uh, instead of O'Shea Baji. And when you take out O'Shea Baji in that equation, KU was very vulnerable, and Kentucky uh, just took a lot of advantages to them. So, yeah. Did, on with you, did you
0: see the clip of when KU was coming out of their uh, their locker room out of the court and the, the scoreboard like, fell and hit someone? An outdated,
1: oh. It's an outdated arena. They should take I, it down like they did with the <laughs> House. That I
0: saw on Twitter. Somebody put like a Jim Ross, Jerry, the King Lawler call over. The thing. He was like,
1: "Look <laughs> out! Oh my God.
0: Oh my God. It was so funny. Like right before we, we got on zoom, I was just dying laughing, seeing that it was so funny.
1: Yeah. Send me that. I'll like, that have similar. to
0: send you it. It was on Twitter. It was just too funny, but I mean, yeah, you know, Texas Eeks went out against uh, Tennessee and then mm-hmm. who are the other, who are the other big 12 teams that won? Uh, oh. Iowa state beat Missouri.
1: TCU beat LSU, and TCU Texas beat, LSU. beat Mississippi State. And Texas just owns Mississippi State. They yeah. beat them in football and haven't beat them in basketball. But uh, Oklahoma State, that's K-State's next opponent. I mean, they're kind of in the same – they're kind of dealing with some of the same problems as well. They, they choked a 16-point lead of Florida uh, yesterday as well. So that's, it's just kind yeah. of two similar teams. I, well, the, the difference you're going to point out is Oklahoma State's NCAA tournament band is – that they're going to sh- that it could potentially shadow Oklahoma State for the long run and all. So I don't know. We'll see what happens uh, from there. And uh, I think West Virginia also played. They got they lost to Arkansas, right? They uh, to Arkansas.
0: Yes, they did. 77 68, Arkansas won. So yeah, yeah
1: that's, that's it. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh, I don't you can go ahead and finish your thought. I was just going to talk about uh, the Oklahoma State game we have February 2nd.
1: But what West Virginia? that's their fifth loss, and a lot of people in Morgantown. And I was I was texting a friend of mine who goes to West Virginia. There's starting to be some uh, concerns with BMAT, with, the, uh, with Bob Huggins now with seeing like saying if it's it's kind of a Bill Snyder thing, like where like whatever but playing style is getting old. Uh, it's just. I don't know. We'll see what happens with West Virginia. Um, but uh, if I'm a Mountaineers fan, I would not be feeling confident about making me a NCAA tournament. But, yeah, it's just, just – honestly, it was just a bad day for the Big 12. Like Yeah, like, that was tough. Like, on a prestigious – on a prestigious note, it takes a big hit, considering that you lost to the SEC as well. and They're going to take two of your – two of your uh, – two of your most – uh, prestigious teams as well so
0: yeah yeah especially I mean Big 12 coming in obviously I mean, I think it was pretty clear it's the best conference in college basketball and it's really I mean to lose like you know to lose all those games especially in the way they lost them none of the, you yeah. know some of them weren't particularly close so that, I mean that really hurt I, was, I mean just I don't know we could hit on the Oklahoma State game that's coming up for K-State oh, a yeah. little bit I don't have a ton to say I think our keys they're I mean it's pretty obvious like you know rebounds You know, if, you know, obviously, you know, basketball can be a simple sport that, you know, sometimes you're just on and you can just hit every shot and you'll just win, even if you don't play your best basketball. But I mean, with K-State, it never seems to be that way. So I think, you know, uh, the psychology of basketball is really interesting, how you get yourself out of a shooting rut and just, you know, I think, you know, just try and get to the free throw line, you know, keep Marquise Noel, give him the ball and let him drive you know, play well defensively, make a steal, make a play, get yourself into the game. I think that's how you get out of a shooting rut. But I think, you know, if we could get four guys in double figures, I think we pretty much would win every game. But just we can't seem to find that
1: consistency. And for a team like Oklahoma State, they're going to tend to struggle a lot physically on defense. And I think that could be uh, put with K-State in terms of a perimeter shooting uh, very well. So you gotta have a perimeter shooting on if you're K State. You gotta have well, obviously, we're, you gotta have rebounds in order to win the game. You can't just be out rebounded by double digits every single game. Uh, and maybe and drive to the basket because Oklahoma State, they don't have the amount of big caliber players as they did last season. So uh, I I I'd, I'd try and drive it as much as I can. Whip the likes of Marquise Noel, maybe Mark Smith. Uh, you could probably maybe get something going with the likes of Carlton Lingard at times. So I don't know. We'll see how what happens. It's just, it's just aiii am I, I'm I'm gonna have to be honest. I I did not have anything written too much down because, what's the point? I mean, yeah, we're, we're kind of seeing the same old stick with K State and a, a loss to Oklahoma State, and it's just not gonna be. It, it's just not going to be a good look in terms of where this program has been.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it's really tough to see a light at the end of the tunnel right now we could really use, we could really use a solid win against Oklahoma state and TCU two teams that if we can't beat them, it's like, who are we going to beat? I just have one more thing on the Ole Miss game before we, uh, we can take a break and then get to women's basketball. Um, And I think near the end of the game, the, and oh, I had thought of one more thing. You mentioned rebounding. The announcers for the K State Ole Miss game mentioned K State's ten and one when we win the rebounding battle, zero and seven when we don't. Which obviously, whoops, uh, which actually makes you know obviously makes a lot of sense. But they also mentioned that you know just when we're I'm already suffering enough. I'm super tired trying to watch this terrible game. The announcer has to remind me that the last two times K State made the Elite
1: Eight, they lost to a mid major school. So Well that, and then you also had. <laughs> The uh first the uh when K-State won the Big 12 championship under Bruce Weber era. You want to know what happened? K State was states a fourth seed in the region. They lose to yep. a 15 seed whose colors are blue and gold. Yeah. Was it LaSalle? LaSalle and you Um <sighs> I'll I'll, I'll say this. Well. I, <laughs> I'll save this as well, like in, in terms of this in terms of this season, uh like hitting four, because because I know a lot of people are saying that TCU is, is a must-win game. I don't know if it's possible. TCU is one of the hottest teams right now in the Big 12. So, uh, yeah, I think your best bet right now is to win against Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State pretty much is just – and maybe West Virginia at home if you can get them uh, napping at times. So, if you, while the Big 12 did take a hit in, in terms of – how they did uh, against other conferences, it's still going to be a tough conference to to compete in day in and yeah. day
0: yeah, I mean every game is a is a tough game. Every win you get is probably considered to be a quality win, but uh, I mean, yeah, you have anything else to hit on on men's basketball before we uh I, I was going to say, I think our main source of hope against TCU was just how we played against them last time that we we should have won that game, but we just blatantly choked.
1: Well, right. you pull that, and you just gotta have your offense on because the offense in that game on both sides were just abysmal. K State's defense played their part, but, but the offense just wasn't there. And I, I don't know, the White the TCU since that K State game has been they've been looking real hot as of late. So we'll preview that a little bit more on that uh, on our next show. So yeah,
0: yeah, we can talk about that more on Friday. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll put a smile on our faces to talk about the women's basketball team. Yeah, all right. How's it going, everybody? This is Blake from the future. Just wanted to remind you to make sure to follow the podcast wherever you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Make sure to leave a review, let us know how we're doing and how we can do it better to most suit your experience also if you missed it a couple weeks ago we did round two of trivia with john which is available on sporkle as well as the round one trivia just go to sporkle.com s-p-o-r-c-l-e.com look up k-state trivia round one or two and you'll be able to find both the quizzes and you can let us know how you did make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram me and john all those links will be in the description and let's get back to the podcast and we are back on the Shaking Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. We've taken a moment to collect ourselves. We've meditated for a couple of minutes and gotten men's basketball out of our brain. And, you know, uh, I said the word women's basketball and immediately I'm starting to think happy thoughts because they played 630 last night at Bramlage Coliseum. 5,157 people attended. It was a pretty good crowd. Uh, I was up at the top doing the PTZ camera. So it was pretty fun to actually be there. It was a pretty, pretty good crowd. K-State won 63, 54 against the TCU team that I believe now falls to two and seven in conference play. K-State now at six and three in conference play, I believe as well. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully um, when the rankings come out tomorrow, they'll keep their spot in the top 25, even though, you know, you lose to a top 10 team on the road. And I think we should have been higher than 25 anyway, but I do really hope we can keep sure. our ranking. But um just a few quick stats before we get into the thoughts. Obviously, 21 and seven from Mayoka Lee, you know, nothing pretty bog standard. Uh, the Glenn twins, both in double figures, Briley with 12 and Jalen Glenn with 11 points. Uh, Emily Ebert with eight points, three of eight. Serena Sundell did struggle. She got into a little bit of foul trouble. Still had eight assists, though. So, still able to make an impact and get other people involved. Um, I mean, all I'll say, John, before we get your thoughts in, it was kind of just a rough start, but. Once we kind of got that lead at halftime,
1: we didn't really give it up. Um, well, we it, it was it was one of those bend and break opportunities uh, for K State. Like they bend, but they didn't break. Uh, but yeah, from K State shot ninety three point eight uh, percent. Oh shoot, wrong. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Uh, it's just one of those days, you know. Um, <laughs> it's Sunday. Um, but with a win last night, K-State secured its sixth win uh, over the last few weeks, and uh, in, the, in the month of January, it's the most since 2016-17, and it marks the 21st uh, time in program history with six or more wins this month, so a uh, big win for in terms of that uh, stat I just wanted to throw out there, but, yeah, K-State was led by Ayoka Lee with a game-high 21 points and pulled TMI seven rebounds. Uh she didn't make a whole big impact in the fourth quarter. Uh, a Yoko Lee's four quarter number. she had only one rebound, one missed shot and two fouls. Uh, she had a negative efficiency for the quarter and so the others uh, but like such as the Glenn wins, uh, Serena Sundale, uh, Emily Ebert, uh, they really stepped it up uh, stepped it up because TCU was uh, re- was uh, within distance so um, yeah. That, was, need- yeah go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, if you didn't get a chance to watch the game or, you know, know a lot about TCU, they're a really experienced team. Lauren Heard was a really quality score for them. They had three and double figures. They started out the game in a zone. I believe they did that for most of the game. Um, I think K-State struggled with it a little bit, but I think we were able to get inside. Rebecca Dallinger and the Glenn Twins both were able to hit from outside, which I think really helped spread the zone out. Emily Embert hit some shots from the mid-range, which really helped as well. But, I mean... You know, I th- I think we could have had a better showing not to go, you know, Jeff Mitty and be all, you know, we could have done better, you know, a wins a win, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, I mean, I think, you know, it was a pretty good showing before you go up, go out up, uh, go to Ames to play a really, really good Iowa State team.
1: And, let, and let's give TCU uh, credit. Well, let's give TCU's Patrick Amores uh, um, credit, six foot seven center. Uh, she did her part in terms of holding uh, Aoka Lee in check for the most part. So, God shot her. God shot her out. Um, but I, I think this is a this is a huge win for K State. Not just uh, like not just like based on like uh, who the win was against. I think it was based on how reliable the other weapons are, not named Aoka Lee, uh, because Aoka Lee showed her struggles and lame the game. K State. Uh, uh, Came back with uh two consecutive field goals from Jalen Glenn and Serena Sundell to push for lead to 57-51 and to uh into seal it. Uh Emily Ebert uh, finished a layup with 155 left in the fourth quarter. So uh it just started getting a, a little more wide open in the fourth quarter. And uh yeah, you're you're right. That Iowa State game is gonna be a little bit intimidating because the last time that ha- because the last time these two teams played, it was it was a neck and neck game, just won by a just won by a, a crazy shot at the end. So uh, by Iowa State. So it, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what the Wildcats can put onto the court in names. Uh, considering that K State's also had some uh, road road uh, road inconsistencies. Yeah,
0: that's that's yeah, that's my main concern. I mean, get watching that first get, the first game between K State and Iowa State at home. Was was a lot of fun. K State's been playing a lot better at home. Really struggled yeah. on the road. So that's my main concern. I think we we match up pretty well against them. But you mentioned Aokalees. I'm putting air quotes. Struggles. She's got 20 and seven at least, and I think every game that she struggled in. But um, I mean, she's she's had some tough matchups. You know, when playing against KU and Tiana Jackson, who had eight blocks against her. Lauren Ebo for Texas. You know, it's a tall, big gal who can really you know uh, go down in the paint, and then obviously. Uh, Going up against TCU, you have Patricia Morris, who's really was able to kind of, you know, somewhat lock her down a little bit. But, you know, I mean, last time Aoka Lee played Iowa State, 38 points, 11 rebounds. I think she outscored Iowa State by herself in the first half. So, I mean, you know, that that's one thing I wanted to ask you. They pretty much single covered uh, Aoka Lee the entire game and they really just kind of let her go off. Do you think they're going to do that again, John? Do you think you're going to try and put more emphasis on um, stopping her?
1: Well, I think that's one thing you have to look at is what she did last time against Iowa State. She scored 38, and now that the, nation, or the whole entire nation has taken notice of Ayoka Lee's performance against Oklahoma. I mean, you you were you were able to see Texas and TCU's performance uh, in terms of guarding Ayoka Lee. So uh, whether it's bringing the double team uh, at times, I mean, they're, they're going to start, start piling up on her. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on that part. I, I, one thing I, I, didn't, I, I didn't touch on on, on the uh, TCU game was a free-throw success as well, in which K-State at times has struggled a little bit. But, I mean, probably tonight, K-State's shot 93.8% from the charity stripe. That's 15 out of 16. I mean, that's the highest free-throw uh, percentage for, of a season for K-State. Uh, K-State has also shot 90% uh, or better. Uh, I, I did not do that, that last part Right. Uh, <laughs> You're, you're it's first. it's the second time in the, in, the, in three games that K State has shot ninety percent or better from the foul line. So, I mean that that's a, it. I think if you want to look at like what what also how boost K State's win, you got to also look at the free throw shooting as well.
0: Yeah, that's I mean that's what makes that Yoko Lee so great. She she went five of five from the free throw line. She's a great free throw shooter. You can't just hack a Yoki, you know. I guess I mean she'll, she'll go there and she'll make two of two almost every single time. I don't remember what she was when she scored 61 points. She was like 16 or 17 or something like that. I mean, that obviously really helped her as well. I mean, mean, besides, you know, an outside shot, she really doesn't have a ton of weaknesses, really. I mean, and then another thing to note that really helped K-State in this game, 20 turnovers for TCU, 21 points off turnovers for K-State. K-State with 15 turnovers of their own, which, you know, you definitely want to try and keep that down you know, in single digits, especially against a good Iowa state team, they'll be able to take advantage of that. I mean, they only shot 36% from the uh, field 38% from three, which obviously helped, but you mentioned it into the free throw line, making it easy on yourself uh, really helped as well. Um, I mean, only four second chance points, but I mean, I think, you know, obviously, you know, Aokalee is going to get hers against Iowa state. It's just going to be who else can, you know, really help her out. Cause we saw Rebecca Dallinger get some minutes and hit a big three, a couple of big threes in this TCU game we could really use their help again uh, come this, I believe, Wednesday.
1: Well, I think part of the, I think part of the shooting struggles as well for K-State was, against TCU was, um, was was pretty much for a slow start oh, uh, in the first four minutes. Uh, I mean, you also got to uh, also add the fact with TCU calling back, K-State has made some unforced errors as well. So I think K-State is really – I think when you're looking at K-State right now, I think the main objective uh, hitting into many, these next few games is to keep the, the gas pedal uh, uh, going. Uh, don't don't press the brakes at all. Be, the brakes at all because at times we've seen that uh, with games such as Iowa State at home, KU at home, uh, TCU actually yeah TCU at home uh, as well. It's Just keep uh, K State at times just kind of uh, puts the brakes on a little bit too uh, at a a crucial time. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, Um, but I think uh, you're right. The 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 three-point shooting um, definitely needs to be key uh, um, for this one against Iowa State, especially considering K-State was struggling uh, late in the situation uh, against Iowa State the first time these two teams met.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the last time, I don't know if you mentioned it, John, but the last time, you know, they played Ashley Jones had a night for herself 28, 27 points, eight rebounds. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it was, I think you just kind of had to have to throw your hands up in the air and just be like, you know, you just live with it. I get what Iowa state did in the fourth quarter. I think they were six of seven from three. I mean, they couldn't miss some three in that last game. And then, you know, they led uh, 70 to 65 with two minutes left. And then that uh, Maggie Espen Miller McGraw three pointer that was off the glass. Def, of course she probably called it obviously but i mean it was just a it was really heartbreaking ashley jones has not put her foot off the gas pedal she's averaging 20 points a game which you know is probably second in the big 12 only to aoka lee obviously but i think uh somebody else to point out is Jalen glenn who will probably be a big key i'm not sure who's going to be the person to guard ashley jones but i'd imagine it, it could be her i mean who knows maybe we'll try out his zone or something like that a box and one I mean, who knows
1: I'd probably match those two up if I if I was Jeff Mitty uh, just just to see how that goes. Um, for the most part, so yeah, it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult game, not, nonetheless. And uh, tra- traveling up to Ames, Iowa, is never is never easy. They're they're gonna they're gonna have a big crowd in, in attendance. So I don't I don't know. It's kind of like men's basketball. Yeah, you're gonna have to deal with these type of uh, Big, big contests uh, every day in and day out. I mean, that's just, boy, the Big 12 is overall. Yeah, that's just
0: kind of how it is. I mean, they're at Iowa State on Wednesday. Uh, this next Saturday, I should say, they're playing Texas Tech at home. Then they go to Waco to play ranked baylor on the road. They beat them at home for the first time in what? I was it like 16 years or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it was it was a crazy long time. Have to do it on the road. I mean, you know, if this team wants a top four seed, they have to play better on the road for sure. You know, yeah. they go to Lawrence to play KU, uh, they've what they've got Oklahoma and TCU on the road still. You know, you gotta win a pick up a few of these games on the road when you're not playing at Bramlage you know if because this team you know they've got a shot to make a run at the tournament especially you know especially I I was just going to say especially if they if they get lucky and play against teams that don't have size to match at Yoka Lee
1: well then and if you look further like in in terms of like aspirations in terms of hosting the NCAA tournament because K-State's really good at home I think uh, that's what K-State should really shoot shoot for and be a top four I mean top 16 seed uh, at the most so I don't know. We still got a lot of basketball to play for sure. And I, it'll be interesting to see what this team does.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're super fun to watch again next Saturday. They're playing Texas Tech at home. We'll talk more about that game uh, next Friday on Wildcat one nine. Fridays at 6 p.m. But um, I mean, yeah, so the, the men, men and women both play on Wednesday. Guys are playing Oklahoma State at home, I believe. And then, you know, the, uh, the women are going to play Iowa State on the Iowa road. State at iowa state yeah so i mean two games that you know it's kind of they're both and they're not it's not as much of a must win for the women but it would be a really great win to really kind of secure your spot in that top 16 but uh you got anything else to say john before we get out of
1: here well for a woman's part as well just like that just be a big non in terms of a road win uh in which k-state has struggled on as of late so I mean, that'd be pretty big for K-State if they can get things, if they can get a big road win and follow that up with maybe a road win at Baylor. I mean, that would just go a long way for this team.
0: Yeah. I mean, to do that, you're looking at a, you're looking at a big 12 title possibly, you know, which would be, I mean, that would just be absolutely crazy. And as we mentioned, you know, on Friday, a team that, you know, you mentioned the recruiting that they're going to be getting and all these young people, you know, Ayla a- Oakley's coming back for her senior year. Serena Sundell and the Glenn twins are both, are all three of them are freshmen. This is still a team yep. that's on the up and up that could be better, you know, in the next year or two. So there's a lot to you know really be happy about for women's basketball and, you know, a, a strong future. There is a light at the, it's a very bright light it's at the end of the bright. tunnel for uh, for this team. Yep.
1: Go support, go support, go support many and the Cats. They, they've really earned it uh, for a while. If the attendance is starting to grow rapidly. I think $1 tickets uh, to see, to see K-State play. It, it's, it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it. You you're, you're gonna, you're gonna see one heck of a performance uh, from this woman's basketball team, especially at home.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing to mention that I got goosebumps last night uh, with about two minutes left. I think there was a sequence where we scored, we got a steal, um, you know, and then we scored. There was just a sequence. Where we were playing really well. And then there was a dead ball and the crowd gave the team a standing ovation, you know, for kind of just a sign of respect to how well they were really playing and their appreciation for it, which was, it was just a really cool moment to see, you know, how much love this team is getting. And, you know, they, I think they continue to mention how great the crowd is. So, I mean, make sure to come out and support this team. This team is, is really going places
1: for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah, well I think I think that's gonna do it for our first at home edition Spotify only. We didn't get we didn't curse, John. We could curse. We should I'm just kidding. We should probably keep it family, family
1: friendly. Family friendly. Gosh,
0: and... darn it. Well, I, I think it's about uh, time we get out of yeah. here. It's it's 1:43 PM for us on Sunday. The Chiefs are playing in about twenty minutes. Are you gonna who are you reading for, John, is a Broncos fan?
1: Bengals. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> win another Super Bowl uh, under my watch. Otherwise, I'm going to be like a Green Bay
0: Packers game. You just wait, John. Tom Brady's going to come out of retirement. He's like, I'm I'm joining the Broncos.
1: That is That's (laughs) crazy stuff we can talk about later on. I'm just – Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, we got to – well, actually, I have to get ready to root for the Chiefs. You have to get ready to root against the Chiefs. Chiefs. (laughs) Against the Chiefs. But uh, thank you so much for listening. You know we got to cover two pretty good games. Uh, make sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts wherever you are listening, and to leave a review and let us know what we what you liked or didn't like about it. And we'll be back uh, next Friday live on Wildcat 91.9 Friday nights at six to seven p.m. And then we'll that episode will be later, via uh, the Spotify. So uh, thank you so much for listening and catch you on.
1: Catch you on.